I mean, I, I would tell you, I've never met her, but I have heard from numerous oh. people that she's a tremendous person. Just like like I joke around by saying, like she's saying, but Tommy would say she's honestly one of the nicest people. Yeah. And, and right. the thing is, the guy you are today, like we talk about stories right. and, like, you know, girls and all the other stuff, but. When you become a man, like a solid man, you, you don't run around in your wife. You know, right. that's, that's probably one of the hardest things I think when you have some success is. But but if you live in the right way, it's not that hard. Right. right. You know, you, you put your kids and your wife first, and I mean, even like going through any situations, like right now, my priorities are still, you know, family. You know, right. trying to stay on point. I think you know you do a tremendous job of it now. I'm sure, like anyone, right. there's bumps and bruises, but you you know you I learned the hard way. You know, and one <laughs> of my big things is but still in recovery. My recovery story, my first probably 20 years is fucking treacherous, and it's I didn't drink, I didn't pick up, but I was as crazy as hell, right? And like when I ran the prison program, the work crews and all that stuff, I was the one that created that stuff. But I have 10 inmates at Club 24. And my boss thinks I have a paint crew in Quincy somewhere. We're at Club 24. I got stolen paint out of the governor's office because we used to paint there. I got cheers from, from this group out of the state house off the loading dock. And, like, I'm, I was just running amok, stealing cases of sneakers out of the prison, right? Yeah. They get donated every year. And, and like, I remember bringing a, a case of freaking tampons to Club 24, <laughs> Right. And I, look what I got, you know, and half the time I'd raise my hand. And, oh, yeah. You know, the paint on the wall right here, this guy, you know, and, and like it was bullshit. What changed? Um, you know, Paul, I think Paul Monroe, I use his last name. He lives down in Gloucester and, and knew him growing up. And I called him. My wife was pregnant and, and I was losing my mind. Right. I was probably seven or eight years sober. I get married, great, you know, married into a family that's taught me everything about living the right way. But, oh, so our um, family is pretty on point. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. They, they, they got their they, you know, they got their drinkers and, yeah. and re, they got all recovery, but um, you know they taught me that you don't wear a baseball hat in the house, right? Yeah. And, and like I remember stealing a whale barrel in work and giving it to my father-in-law. It was an old military guy and everything. He's like, get that out of here, right? He didn't want it. Yeah, you know, so and like, a solid guy. It fell off a truck. And did he, he get to see this version of you? Or did oh, he right, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool, huh? Yeah, he believed, again, he believed in me. They all, Every one of them did. That's so cool. I um, I just kind of, I, I went on, and um, I called Paul one day, Paul M., and um, I was in tears once again. I was in Wellington Circle. Me and my wife had a little apartment down in Malden, and uh, so we were in the grocery store and back in the VCR days, right? And... Uh, we rented a movie, probably Clint Eastwood, you know, Magnum Man or some foolish <laughs> shoot 'em up cops thing. My wife was nine months pregnant, and we're in the grocery store, and like, we get a basket full of groceries, and she's, you know, fully pregnant all the way. And she goes through her checkbook, and like, oh, I forgot my checkbook. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, we just rented a movie Sunday afternoon. I want to watch this movie, right? And you forgot your checkbook. And I was, furious burn rubber out of the parking lot the lady behind the counter said oh you can just put it in the freezer and come back i'm like fuck you right and i was just the gig was up the eight whatever years of sobriety of being mr aa in the halls everybody loved bob yeah. right and i'd go home and i was a devil i was a monster me and my you know would get along two or three days out of the week but the rest i'd be just off the wall anxiety fear just bullshit so i um we went home. I called Paul. I said, Paul, you don't fucking believe it. He goes, Bob, I believe it. Because, you know, you're going to fucking kill someone. And I'm like, 
come on, no, no. He goes, I, I go to three meetings a day, Paul. Come on, what else do you want? He goes, yeah, you listen to people that say go to three meetings a day, right? Just keep coming. You're burning freaking cars over a year, right? And, and um, he said, I've asked you to go to this guy's house on Monday night, Dick Marcos. Dick's, that's where I first got sober. Yeah. How weird is that? Oh, that's... Like uh, Bob Redface... Um, What's his name? Uh, what's um, Bobby Melton? Yeah, Bolton. yeah. That's I hated him. Billy there. Joey brought me there. I brought I, Billy. Did you really? Absolutely. It's Billy's a, story. What, a weird, what a weird thing, yeah. huh? It, it's so weird the assembly line of like the connection because we are all connected, and it all leads back to that house to Dick Marquardt. Dick Marquardt right? was he was a freaking pioneer for this for this. I mean, every guy I know who has good recovery, maybe the exception. I don't think Donnie was tied to him. Everyone else, right? Was from that lineage. Oh my god! I yeah. didn't even yeah. I didn't even know yeah. the story. Yeah. That makes sense now, because yeah, you were because Billy was crazy. Yeah. And he had lost. Oh, yeah. I'd be at Dick's house when I started going. Guy smoking cigarettes. He doesn't smoke. His wife doesn't smoke. Right. His wife was awesome. She was Lois, so nice. the best. She was right. Nice. She used to babysit my kids. Did right. Really, that's the house funny. is full of smoke. And he wouldn't complain. Yeah, they didn't care about. He right? didn't complain about anything. And his hands were like beer paws. Oh like yeah, my grandfather's hands. They were we're just... on the front porch, and there's one of the kids coming in. He was a biker, and he pulls out a gun. He's like, oh, I got to, you know. And then uh, I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be. Don't be doing that here. And then I talked to Dick, or you know, he goes, Oh yeah, or he goes, I saw that. He goes, yeah, I kind of wish that they wouldn't bring stuff like that around the house. I'm like, okay, I'll mention it to him, you know. But it was no big deal to him. Like, you know, anyone was yeah, welcome. Everyone was welcome. It didn't matter how screwed up you were. Yeah. Dick Marcus, you walked in, you got a handshake, a hug, and he told you things were going to be all right. That place saved my life. It saved my marriage. It saved my soul, everything. And well, so those I, guys, I, I heard that one guy at that house say one time about his wife being like, she, you know, she has, she had kids. She doesn't look great anymore. But I'll never forget. I got a life lesson. I didn't open my mouth. One of those guys looked at me and said, that's the mother of your fucking kids. Smart in the fuck up. He stopped looking at how the broads don't cheat man the fuck up. And I was like this. I was like, and I had nothing to do with me. He said that. Bobby Moulton said that. I'm in there. Like, you guys want honesty? Now here I am. Eight oh, years. Oh, is it you? No steps. Eight years. And I'm like, I got two kids at home. They fucking keep me up all night. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And, you know, and um, it was crazy. And Moulton slams his hand on the table. Because you wife get a mother's body now. Deal with it. All right, those are your fucking kids. It's not about you. And, and that's weird. I can't believe it was you. I, I, I hated him. Yeah, I, mean, I remember him saying it. Like I was, yeah. geez, and I just sat there and watched. And then as time went on, I um, a couple months into it, seven or eight months, and I'm like, guys, I, I got married early in sobriety, which they say don't do that for a reason to get into serious yeah. relationships. Oh, yeah. And you can ask my wife; she'll agree. Yeah, Wait oh god, five, yeah. ten years. But um, and we got married right off the bat, of course, right? And, and so I'm. I mean, this, you know, like, I don't know if I pray every day that I love my wife and two little girls now, right? And um, I just don't know. So Dick said, Bob, who have you loved in your life? What does that mean, right? Do you love yourself? I guess, I don't know. It's like, yeah. I said, that word was never really used around me, right? Every girl ever went out with them, I loved them. He goes, you're never going to love anybody until you learn to love yourself, right? And I'm like, wow. You know, and I thought love was the, you know, the in Baywatch babe or something. Yeah, 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 get ladies. Yeah. Hot girls. yeah, it's not so very different. Right. So I'm in there, and again, we're step four. We're going over the, the, the Hazelden Guide, honesty, respect to family, respect to others, respect to God. And I'm, I'm, I'm you guys want honesty. I'm dumping this shit. And um, so I'm at the, uh, Dick was working on my house, right? He, he, 
put in a bathroom, him and his brother, and, and I come home from work one day in my state car, and I pull in, and I get out of the car, my wife's here holding one of the girls, and the, you know, and Dick's in the driveway cutting a piece of wood, the big jolly giant, just as calm as yeah. can be. So I get out of the car, park in the street, I walk up the driveway, and I grab my daughter and stuff like that. I didn't even notice it. So, you know, following Monday night, Dick goes, he used to always say, give me the willies, right? Yeah. He goes, guys, you know how this program works? He goes, remember Bob was, you know, seven or eight months ago, he was saying he didn't know if he loved his wife and kids. And, and he didn't know what to do. He was so scared. He goes, I was over the house the other day working. And, and he goes, Bob got out of his car. That door wasn't even closed in his car. His face was lit up. His wife's face was lit up. The kids, he goes, even me. Right. As, as a friend, he walked up the Bob walks up the driveway, he grabs his little daughter. He's so happy to see his wife. He's happy to see me because, guys, that's what love is. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, man. You know, and that's, I think that's kind of when I'm like, I think I got a chance at this, you know. And then from there on, I had to learn everything. Like I, I realized that my wife was right. She's she's a rules girl. Like yeah. Tommy, right? Yeah. She's, she's, she's not a lunatic. So she Tommy's sister? Yeah. She, oh, no kidding. Oh, God, yeah. She yeah, married yeah. Tommy Dirty's sister. Yeah. Now yeah. it's all coming together a little bit. And better. Tommy hung with my brother Jackie, and Tommy was always, you know, a, a legit Tommy had common a lot of business guy. Success. Yeah, I, I handle all his finances. It's yeah. for Polari now. And, um, oh. But I'll tell you, he was, a, he was so successful. Yeah, but, he wasn't a punk growing no, up. No. He wasn't a street fighter. He was no. a drinker. Yeah, you know, he could drink, and, though. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, when I first met him, he and he was such a pompous ass when I met him. Right, about business. exactly. And he turned into one of the nicest, most humble yeah. people. Tommy Dirty taught me were all about life in the, in the last nine months of his life. Right, I learned everything. I needed he to looked know. down on me. I'm sure he intimidated the shit out of me. When, you know, for probably ten years sober, he was drinking. And then the same with my wife. She's just like the connection there. You always had something. Well, he was a powerful you know, guy. I mean, yeah, in the professional world. But when he, he got people, sober, man, what a oh, different you know, guy. It's one of the best, probably one of the most unbelievable things for my wife. Kind of like how it was with me and my father. I was like, yeah. I made it in life because I pleased him. And when Tommy got sober and he saw my wife and knew what she was like, the kids running around, the house smells like brownies and all that, you know, he knew she made it. And she's the little sister. She's yeah. the youngest. So, uh, so yeah, it was um, little things like that. And I had to learn everything. And uh, working at the prison, that uh, some life is kind of took me under their wing and taught me all about respect. I didn't know what it meant. Let me ask you a question. How would, where did you start getting into the Ironman stuff? Um, started running marathons, thanks to my father, and back in 2000. And I brought a prison crew out to Hopkinton to the start. It was the um, 100th anniversary, so the crowd was real big. And I'm out there, and I got my orange, you know, the crew shirt guys, the inmates everywhere. And they were my buddies, man. You know, it was all about yeah. respect. They looked out for me. They would have killed for me. And um, I would have done the same for them. But I'm standing out there, and I was maybe a 5K runner, and I'm like, holy shit. The Jets, F-16s oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah. went over like they were. You could almost touch them. And I'm like, what the People everywhere. I'm running this thing next year. And so that's where that started. Before. Just, oh, God, I didn't even know where it was. So you started <laughs> running the marathon? And then yeah. how do you get into the whole triathlon thing, the transition? So as getting into the marathon, I, you know, having the prison work crews, I got into the event business. I got to know everybody involved with racing and everything. And there was a state trooper, Billy Coulter, who uh, a lieutenant who ended up having throat cancer, a legend. 
Ironman really? marathon. He used to run with Johnny Kelly. He's done. He did every, even with throat cancer in a feeding tube. He would run Boston every single year till he died. So he kind of. I and again the honor of, of becoming myself. We were at, I think, a 4th of July event, and Billy Coulter, who, again, is a legend, a lieutenant, very highly respected, he introduced me to somebody as, this is the good Balfour, right? And because my brother David, he's a character, he was a polit- you know, he was into the politics and all that shit, but, you know, we said, this is the good one, and I'm the youngest one, I was a derelict, and here's a, a guy that I really look up to, introducing me to somebody in uniform saying, this is the good one. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? And that guy got into it. He got me into Iron Man. He was gonna do it in, in a, his full state police uniform, you know. And like he he was he was a character easily, no ego, right? And, and his stories, he could make movies of it. But so I asked him if I could do it, and he goes, absolutely, he could do it, right? And I'm like, all right. He kind of planted the seed. And then as my career was coming to an end, I had some turbulence with a, a new commissioner that we had that I filmed my whole career, but we didn't get along. And uh, said, it's time for me to make an exit, so I'm gonna retire. And I had a year off, and it's, I said to my friend Jim, who, uh, another recovery guy that owned a couple of restaurants up on Route 1, I said, could I learn to swim? And he's like, you can do anything, <laughs> you're crazy. And I said, no, could I do an Iron Man? I, I said, I'm, I'm terrified of water. I won't go above yeah, my Yeah, I'm horrified of water. 50 years old, no way. I'm the, my brother Jackie used to try to, he'd drown me in a cup of water if he could, right? <laughs> As a kid, you know? But um, so they said, yeah, meet us up at the YMCA in Beverly Saturday morning. And I went up there 12 years ago and um, I couldn't go over the deep end. I was holding on to the wall. And they're laughing, and I'm laughing, and just like I just kept at it. And I learned to swim, and just the passion kicked in. I went out and got a bike. Um, I flew with another guy out to Arizona to volunteer for the Ironman out there. And while I was there, I, I might have been swimming for just a couple of weeks. And um, while I was out there, I said, I'm signing up for this race. I signed up for the following. You did it? 365 days later. I did that race. I learned to swim. I learned to bike. I, you know, with my ADD, it, it, it's been torture my whole life. But you got the Garmin watch, your heart rate, your power meter, your, your cadence. Keep your heart rate up. Keep this down. When you, you know, it's when to shift everything. It was crazy. I couldn't figure it. I'm still trying to figure that stuff out. But you do it, no bro. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, I went out to Arizona. And I, I met a guy out there, an awesome guy, six daughters. I became family to them. And uh, Tempe, Arizona, I felt like I could run for mayor. Everybody, Boston Bob, with the accent, you know. <laughs> and um, so I went out there, and I was with him. And my wife come out the day before the race. He, he signed us up for a swim lesson. I had no idea what I was doing. And we walked down to the uh, race morning, 4 a.m. I get up. I put my wetsuit on. I was physically shaken terrified and my wife was right there beside me she freaking you know she 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 gets it man she doesn't do sports she knows what i'm thinking right it's crazy and huh? i'm blessed to understand that today and it's been a long haul but uh, i think it's great to hear you because i've known you for a while so it's nice to hear that you can appreciate her it, a lot it, of guys it, don't appreciate their right. wives and i was that guy I right? was too for a long, selfish. long time. It's about me. Come on. We I was, my wife would tell me I was narcissistic, and I think you're, you're, you're wrong. Who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. And then when I look back, I had a lot of tendencies like that. I was right. very, you know, my answer was I bring in the money, like I'll work hard, right. you take care of the rest. 
And hey, you know what? You you go in the back burner because I'm going right. to handle what we have to handle. Yeah. And uh, it didn't end well, obviously for me. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. But see, the thing was with you, you guys hung in there. You, if you work through things, I really believe you come out the other side. Yeah. And and just probably five or six years ago, with my therapist, and I had a lot of issues with my my brothers, all three of them. About um, I realized how much why I was a people pleaser. You know, I they tell me the puck would go down on the thin ice down the pond. I'd go down and get, Bob, go get it. I'd go out, fall in, get Ooh. out of the water now. Let's go, get in the net. Oh shit, sorry. And uh, it was it was it was insane. So I brought that through my whole life. And then with the event business, my brother Dave was head of the tall ships in Boston. Every time they came, like the top man, he was you know he worked with Bush and all that nonsense. But I tried my life, my whole life, to please him. And he's a little more on the ego level. My brother Jackie was the hellion, the criminal, blah, blah, blah. I tried to please him. My brother Steven in the event business. So finally about 10 years ago, it all come tumbling down. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And my therapist, because I thought they didn't like me. They never come to my house. They drive by, they beep the horn. It's like, why don't you come in, right? And they wouldn't. My brother with the commissioner's license plate, you know, Mr. Big Shot. And uh, I thought it was me, right? So talking to my therapist, he says, uh, you know, maybe it's them. You got this fear of whatever, right? He goes, but maybe it's them. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they're not married, right? Jackie's dead. Stephen and David are workaholics. You know, that's being kind. And like David would come by, he's not going to go in that house. It's just brownies cooking. There's, you know, there's popsicles on the table. Everything he's missing out on, you know, yeah. honestly. It reminds, I know this, like there are certain things that I see that I, I know I'm missing out on and it's, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking see it. Right. But you know? it's, it, it, you'll see, you're going to get through it and we'll work it with you. Well, that's just bunch. the thing is what I know now is when I go through things, we go through things. You can be a better father than ever, a better, yeah. what, better husband, divorced than ever. Cause you yeah. know, this is a, this is a learning experience, dude. You'll, you'll strap in, yeah. you know, and you're going to learn because you, you grow, you die. You're with the best. All yeah. these guys are going to teach you to handle this with grace, guys. with honor, with, with, with respect. And there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to, you're going to kill it. And she's going to one day say that, you know, and, and it's fair of, you know, I'm going to screw up. My kids are going to hate me. Oh my God. You know, but it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's that's face. not you, man. That's not you. But there's people, it's not a material thing. There's people that kind of walk away from that and they give up early and, and like, no, you could be 75 years old and your, your ex finally starts talking to you. Who knows? Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, life but, comes around um, full circle. Yeah. So let me ask you, if you're going to leave people with one thing, what would you leave? The, what What makes your days better? I think I know the answer, but what do, you, what do you think every day that helps you get through the day that you start with? What do you start with? Gratitude. I have to. I have to. I have to have gratitude. So I'm a counselor now. I do, you know, um, a lot of work with first responders and cops, police, fire, military, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in years ago, I listened to the just don't drink. Right. Three meetings a day. I'm hanging around in Charlestown. The guy's got warrants. They got freaking guns in their car and I'm in uniform. Just don't drink. That's what they told me, you know. And when I got into the 12 steps, I learned like in Paul, Paul said, like, Bob, you can go to one meeting a week and get be Dick's house. So that was like the base of my whole turnaround. And I'm blessed for the, those 10 years. I was insane. But I, I turned my recovery into life. That's why when someone new walks in the room, I'm on it, right? Yeah, I'm not are. looking for praise or anything. No, it's just that you walk Paul out said, with humility. 
way back then, Paul was like, Bob, you have a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, three meetings at the noontime in Charlestown, right? He goes, yeah, ever help anybody that doesn't have blonde hair and blue eyes? You know? It's like, what do you mean? Right? And then two weeks later, I got this black dude around my arm. He's hammered, and I'm taking money out of the basket. I'm putting it in his pocket. I'm <laughs> filling him up with cookies. And it's like, so I think back to that just don't drink stuff. And like, that's good in the very beginning. If you're strong enough to do it, I wasn't strong enough for that. Yeah. I needed more. But, but I didn't get it. You know, it's like, I thought it was do that and just stop. So when right? you start your day, what do you do? Do you write down things you've ever before? Just think about them? What you? Nope. I, I read my book. Again, I, we could go on forever. But, you know, I, I used to, my, my therapist, like, what do you do for quiet time? Right? I said, on the morning, I got my 24-hour, my reflections. I got the Globe, the Herald, the remote, my German Shepherd next to me, my cup of coffee, Fox 25 girls for the weather. Right? 6 a.m., quiet house. And he's like, that's quiet? Let's get rid of that shit. Just have a cup of coffee. Look out the window. Right? And that's what I did. I believe everything... And I just sit there, and, and sometimes I'd be like a half hour into it. I'd like, wow, I haven't moved my head. Really? Right? I can't that, imagine. That's good to hear because I can't imagine doing that. Yep. And that helped a lot, running without music. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah. It's like I don't run with music. That's borderline insane. You do a triathlon in your head, I'd, I'd go out of my mind. I'd drown myself. Lisa, who used to be the teacher at the Vogue, <laughs> she used to call me Bob the Bee, the Bee in the Jar, right? It's like you're all over the place. I never thought I would slow down. And now I sit in my chair and I just relax and I read my books, right? I, when Facebook first came out, I was like obsessed with it 24 seven. Yeah, but I'm now just, I don't even, yeah. you know, I leave it in the other, I've never had a problem. I've never chased my kindergarten girlfriend or anything on there. It's wide open, it's open for a reason. My yeah. wife can open it and look at it. But um, so I, I really take time for that quiet time to relax and, and it's turned into, I can't rush into the day. You know, the Lion Man starts at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. I got to get up an hour or so early at my own pace and I get up and I have my coffee and my wife, God bless her, makes my perfect breakfast and everything. And I can't go running down to the race and put my wetsuit on and freaking dive into the water. My heart would explode. You really got to get centered in the so morning. I just take my time, right? The, all these people, like, you know, 3,000 people doing the Iron Man, they're all people throwing up before oh, the race. Yeah, I would be. They're freaking out. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. I slept like a baby last night. That's cool. And it wasn't always like that, you know, yeah. but somehow I learned with George Mumford's book, it yeah. helped me a real lot. You George, know? Yeah, George has been a good friend over the years. And um, I, I'm dying to introduce you to it. I think you have yeah. more in common than you know. I think, I think the one thing you learn about it in life is about being present. Right. That's right. one gift I have now is even when things aren't great or if they're great, I'm in the moment, it's just boom, I'm right there, boom, I'm right, right there. And therefore, I can handle whatever comes my way. Bob, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're a great guy. You got it, man. I, I love you, brother. I love you too, brother. Anything you need.